This podcast is brought to you by Hanley's Clean Meals. Hanley's Clean Meals provide you with nutritionally balanced prepped meals that will aid you in all walks of life. Hanley's Clean Meals provide numerous inter-county teams with meals. For more information, visit their website hanleyscleanmeals.ie or follow them on social media. Joined now by Danny Hughes to look back on another fantastic uh, weekend of action in the Alliance Football League. Uh, Safe to say, though, the storm affected uh, some games. You probably don't miss it, football, Danny, when you look back about playing in weather like that today. Um, Yeah, it's always, I suppose, this time of year, it can be quite difficult uh, to get motivated. But given, I suppose, given what's at stake now in the National League, I think, you know, the weather has to be a secondary consideration given, you know, the secondary nature of what has been brought in in, in, in the Talgian Cup and everything that comes with that. So I think the stakes are probably a wee bit higher than they were uh, when I was playing. Um, there was no, I suppose, secondary competition. And every year I was of the mindset where you're going in and... Maybe this was a wee bit delusional, um, but we I genuinely thought with the players that we had that on any given day we could beat anybody. Um, and I think the gap, probably the gap has grown since then. So maybe it's it's probably, probably it's it's a bit of a changed landscape. Um, and it is, I do find that when I look at the teams down the divisions, and I played in Division 3 um, at one time. So, you know, it can be difficult for those teams that are, I suppose that are they have to look to the provincial championships now, um, and obviously the league. If it doesn't go well in the early stages, it can be quite difficult then to get motivated if, if, for the championship. So, I suppose it's a wee bit different, uh, Paul. To be honest, but nonetheless, you know, you have to say that the weather is the weather in this country. It could be probably this bad in May and June at times. So we actually, the club, I managed my own club and we had a match this morning and there was a pitch inspection and I went ahead and it turned out to be fine. This Both teams just adapted and just got on with the business. So uh, thanks be to God, it went well for both teams. So uh, still, whether or not, you just have to make the most of it, you know. Just so far from what we've seen in the league, do you think there's maybe not a gap as big as people are making out to be because going by Division 1 so far, and maybe there is a gap maybe between the top few teams in Division 2, but like Division 1 is extremely tight this year. Oh, listen, uh, yes, as far as the gap is certainly narrowed. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I think the gap has certainly probably COVID has, you know, COVID has changed things. There's no doubt about that. But in the, in the, in that period of two years, the gap has certainly swung in favour of the Carries, the Thrones, the Armas, uh, and I suppose Dublin have been out in front for a while. And the fact that they have taken uh, such a regression, uh, and that has is clear to see now three games in. Um, I think that has has renewed. Uh, a lot of optimism out there. 
uh, from the league on championship perspective. So you would have to say that the fact that D- Dublin aren't as dominant now and they don't look as if they're going to be as dominant now over the next couple of years uh, certainly haven't gone away. They're going to be very, very strong in Leinster, no doubt. Um, that's going to continue. But you would have to say that you know next week when Kildare hosts Dublin um, or or you know, if if Kildare opted to go to Co Park, you would have to think that they will be going there with with a chance. But you couldn't have said in any other year. Yeah, and just with uh Kildare obviously they play Tyrone today and it's safe to say Tyrone obviously won the game out two seven to twelve points, but in these conditions it was a really low scoring enough, but it was a really enjoyable game of football to watch. Of course, of course, and and you know you have to take football for what it is now. Of course, there's going to be a times defensive. Of course, there's going to be a lot of men behind the ball, but nonetheless, the skills in the game. You know, this you can't say that the skills aren't there in the game. The conditions were poor, obviously, but the players that are playing the game now are highly skilled, and um, not only are they athletically brilliant, um, and up there with any professional sports person in the world. I'm saying American football, um, professional soccer, rugby. You know, when you look at some of the conditioning of the player and the athlete now that's playing Gaelic football, they are on par now with with anybody that's playing out there. And skills as well. The skills of our game, you know, I would say are are fantastic. Um, They've certainly, you know, people are a bit nostalgic when they look at their own careers or they look at their own generation uh, and their own time in the game, and I would safely say that the 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 improvements in skill are are phenomenal. Um, and you only have to look at maybe the game last night where where the Mayo cornerback come up and kicked two beautiful mm. scores, two scores that would be uh, would be pride of place in any forwards thinking or any forwards game. So you know the the game is fantastic the way it has developed and. Uh, you know, you have to give credit where it's due to managers and coaches and underage coaches that have developed these players. Um, and it's funny that the games like the AFA and stuff are trying to pinch our players and uh, increasingly. Um, and uh, we're we're kind of knocking that back to a certain degree and we're getting a wee bit of success around that. So, um, listen, the, the, the game today... Learn Jerome was was it was great for the viewers, great for the spectator, great for the neutral, um, and I'm sure for the players and the fans, you're certainly getting value for money. There's no doubt. With Tyrone as well, you really feel that win with it being so narrow. McDonald misses that late free at the end, which could have got the points. But you consider Tyrone are down poor Campsey, Peter Hart, Kieran McGeary, and Mike McKeon. There's a lot of reshuffling there, like that to put. Niall Sludden and Peter or Niall Sludden and Connor Myler back into the defence. They had a total new full back line. Like this win could really get Tyrone season going. Oh, of course. Um, and the fact that I suppose the fact that they could go into a wee bit of depth there. Obviously the lost players there, Tiernan McCann, uh, Hugh Pat McGeary, boys like that, uh, those guys uh, drive the first fifteen on and it's so important that they you know in 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 any modern day squad now as we've seen with Dublin, when they go to look at the bench, it's not having the impact that it used to have. And Throne certainly will get a wee bit of confidence, the fact that there's boys that come in, put their hands up for a jersey. And certainly these boys will need their bit of experience. 
under their belt and they're going to get it on days like today in bad conditions. Now, the likes of McCann's and the boys that have stepped away, um, they, they started somewhere. So you have to start somewhere with every team. And Down got a point today against Meath and it's fantastic for the boys that have come in, very inexperienced squad. And it's good for them to dig out a result against Meath. Um, Meath were operating in Division 1, yes, albeit they never survived there last year. But still, for, for both teams, you would say that a point shared uh, is probably a fair reflection of the result. And again, you have plenty of boys that have come in there, debutants in the league so far, and have certainly put, them, put their hands up. So you, you would have to say that so far, the National League has been great viewing and certainly it makes for a very, very interesting period going forward, especially with, with teams looking to avoid the trap like Tyrone. If they hadn't have picked up points today, you know, you were you were maybe looking looking will would have been a wee bit nervous over the next couple of weeks, you know. And uh, certainly I would say Dublin are in that category of being nervous. But you gotta start somewhere as an intercounty player and listen, February Going into March, it's a fantastic way to to, to start any intercounty career on days like this. Will will make or break whether you stay in the squad or not. The goals are obviously uh, key. Conker Patrick got the first one, but the way Darren McCary takes that second one and is just pointing at the legs straight away once he finishes, <laughs> like like he was getting Ryan Hoolan for Kildare done a terrific job on him, but he just has. Them moments of brilliance nearly kind of reminds you of similar enough kind of player to the Gooch. Yeah, and McCurry has been just phenomenal this last 18 months. And, uh, you know, when you look at how the change of management in Throne has reignited a few careers with with, with Red Hands, and uh, McCurry is is no different there. McCurry, you, you know, without him last year, they wouldn't have won in All-Ireland. Um, but it's not just one person, it's obviously a collective, but he certainly he certainly benefited from the change um, and from a new emphasis and a new playing style. And certainly, you know, players such as Darren McCurry are finishers, are pure and absolute finishers, and you need to get them the ball. So um, they, you can still see the class there. And the fact that he has won an All-Ireland there now, he was one of the top players last season. When you're on that crest of a wave, you know, that just carries, form carries and class carries and you grow an inch, you know. So the fact that McCurry, he mightn't be the biggest man on the field, but he's certainly one of the most vital for Tyrone. Um, and listen, again, today showed his his class. And, and McCurry, that's the way McCurry is. He, he's a classy player and, uh, you know, only for him. And Kilpatrick, it has to be said as well, has been been a huge made a huge impact there in the middle of the field as well so you know um thrown i think uh they're building they're building they never get too carried away with uh obviously all ireland they're only back from holidays as well so you know all ireland champions they're sitting there with their first win um so listen they're bound to be happy coming away kildare very very tricky side and a good side so um yeah i think Tyrone will be happy will they just be looking to get more out of mckenna do you think like it was his first start now today since the All Ireland, and he did have moments of brilliance. But when he came back from the AFL straight away, he was this player that we hadn't seen at senior level for Tyrone, and he was 
raw and he was doing things and they were coming off. But maybe we just haven't seen that brilliance firm consistently since. Um, I would totally agree with you. Um, I think it's his his season last season was maybe interrupted by a wee bit of injury. Um, but I would say that he, he seems to be free, uh, freer this year. Um, but yeah, you, you see him in fleeting moments. Certainly in fleeting moments, you definitely see him. Um, I, I still think they're they're trying to figure out where his best position is to a certain degree. And you know when he played at uh, between eleven and fourteen in, in in his first season there, it seemed to really really suit him. Um, but under under I suppose Logan and uh, Duher, uh, it can it, it seems to be a different roller. He's not front and center, and the they actually favor. It seems to be a more practical number eleven rather than Connor, who'll be all action, make big bursts. Uh, and he's not unlike the way Keenan Mooney plays him down. You know, you might see him, you know, you might see him sporadically, um, and it's hard to pin down maybe what he's doing at times. And then he'll just pop up and do something fantastic in that fleeting moment or uh, four ten minutes, and then you know maybe he'll disappear for another while. So I, I think it's just about him nailing, you know, his base position and where the guys want him. But I suppose it's up to Connor himself. Um, to say, right, here's where I want to play. Um, give me a chance there. Stick me in. If it's 11 that he wants to play, then, you know, it's up to him to, to nail that down and really hang on to that jersey. And um, it's an opportunity cost for Logan Adur. What does he offer there at 11 or 14 um, that the other guys don't? And, uh, you know, if you if you contribute more than you take away, then that's where the decision's made from a management perspective. And just, just on Kildare, they were 8-4 up at halftime. Daniel Flynn has a great chance at the end of the game. And like if he gets that goal, that's a Kildare win. He just smashes it over there. And like he's not a player you can fault because he was a handful for Rory Brennan all day long in that game. Yeah, of course he was. And he's a, he's a top player. Kildare is certainly stronger for having him there, for having him back. Because um, he was out of football for a season or so, and they certainly missed him. Um, yeah, well, listen, James McCartan was a was a big advocate of hard and low, hard and low all the time. And um, you know, obviously, if he, he he puts that away, Kildare home and dry. Um, and I would say Kildare feeling, you know, that was one that that, that got away from them, you know. Um, and you even look at the first day out when they played Kerry in Newbridge again, they had chances, there's no doubt about that, and they played extremely well against Kerry. Um, but I think I think the Kildare are not far away. Um, and I think next week is, in, is, is a massive game for them. They're sitting on, I suppose, a point at the minute. But if they beat Dublin next week, not only does that lift their Spurs going into a Leinster Championship, but they, the reality is that it's still, it's still about... Leinster Championship um, but not only ecologically that, that's massive you feel if they massive, massive not only is it the two points on offer but it's also something that uh, they can they can put Dublin into the shit so to speak um, they can obviously lift themselves to a position where they're psychologically ready to attack the Leinster Championship and listen seeing Division 1 the way it is the way the games are and the, the tests that are there listen to a point 
can be massive. A point can be massive. Um, so, you know, you would still think that Kildare are battling the way there and they're going to be very, very hard to beat. Um, but again, they'll see today as one that they let slip. And maybe on another day, if it wasn't as mucky and wet and stuff, then maybe it could have been different. But uh, listen, the, the, they have to take the learnings from that go away and, and, and make sure that they rectify for the next day. Just on the um, other game that was before that, uh, Kerry one thirteen, Johnny Gold seven points. Uh, I was watching this game, and to be honest, I'm, I'm going to go on a bit of a Johnny Gold rant. You could say here because they just didn't know what they looked to do at stages. I seen Paddy McBurdy get the ball in the half back line at one stage, and they went backwards. They got two lucky points, you could say, off being patients and their hand-passed points. But going on that performance, I can see Donegal being a side who are going to be there, thereabouts towards the end of the year. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Listen, you, you, you're the same as myself. I, I watched that one and uh, Kerry were just totally, totally dominant. Uh, Donegal looked toothless. They looked... Um, it just looked that the the seven point lead at half time didn't really uh, it didn't uh, I suppose Kerry could have been further if you know and yeah the, the conditions were poor and all the rest of it and, and Donegal I suppose um, had to travel and all those conditions all those things but you would think with the the, the, taking out the conditions because Sonny Gold were pretty used to that up in the northwest, you know. So, um, uh, it was you know Clifford got a fortuitous goal. There's no doubt, doubt, doubt about that. Um, you know he's the only man that can go for uh, for a point and that to go into the net, you know. So uh, that's the kind of way his his season's going at this moment in time. But um, listen, Sonny you know, a guy I know from Donegal would be very well respected and would know his stuff. And he, he just feels that um that Donegal are a wee bit shy. Um, um and they have done extremely well to put up to be competitive at the minute. They are carrying uh, a few knocks and stuff as well, but he would feel that that Donegal are are a bit patched up and uh, they just look hard, you know. Um they just look like a tired team, and I'm not sure when you look at Tyrone, when you look at Armagh, uh, when you look at Monaghan, even uh, you would feel that Donegal certainly have lost a wee bit of ground this last couple of years. Um, and Actually, there's no doubt about, you know, the, the emphasis to break the line like Umbon Gallagher was the only player that really seemed to go at that carry defense, and he's the cornerback. Like, there didn't seem to be any emphasis to go for it. There seemed to be players as he's. Mentioned they're shy, not comfortable to just go at Kerry. No, and 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 there's no doubt about it. Like they're they're knocking the ball about, and they want to keep it out of the contact, and they want to keep it out of Kerry's hands. But you know, were they going anywhere? And and that's the question. And and it didn't seem to be. And you know, uh, there is a school of thought that the fisted point should be banned. Now, uh, own ban, uh, you know, score a fisted point. Um, and I think O'Donnell did as well. Yeah. But um, you know, should you be rattling on that down and carry with those? Should you have a go at it? You probably should, you know, because Donegal needed against a really good, strong, formidable carry team. 
he needed to make every score count. And two goals at that stage, you know, would have been massive lifts for Donegal, you know. Um, but I just feel that Donegal aren't ambitious enough. They're still not ambitious enough going forward. And uh, it's, you know, but they are excited about it is, do they have the players? Um, and that's a big question. And only they'll know. But Declan Bonner has decided to take an uh, season or two seasons, I think, two seasons out of it. Um, so you would, you would you would think that he sees something there, and Declan Bonner is no slouch. He's certainly a man that knows Donegal football inside out, and there's no I suppose he's been a fantastic Donegal servant and very very loyal to him. So it'll be interesting to see. They weren't far away last year. They certainly weren't far away in the championship, but this year they have certainly failed to develop their game, and they don't look any closer than they did. Um, I suppose when they were not only beating the championship yeah it's like you have Jamie Brennan obviously Michael Murphy's role is massive there Michael Langan still has to come back there three huge uh, players but even when they when as we said when they tried to move that ball inside um, and it's not like it's just one day they tried to protect the lead again against Mayo and they got caught. They've obviously picked up one win against Kildare, but like there's there's huge games there to come for them. Yeah, and they've a lot of work to do because you know, um, Kerry, Kerry, I suppose are going really well as you would expect. Jack Jack O'Connor there with the backroom team that he's assembled there and Polly Tally. So certainly, um, like Kerry going to Monaghan next weekend. I. You know, Monaghan, that's the thing about Monaghan. We don't really talk about them as contenders, but boy, have they full of, full of spirit. And yes, they had a they had a great result against Armagh. And Armagh have been flying. And Armagh have always struggled to put, you know, to get a result against Monaghan. So Monaghan uh, will welcome Kerry uh, in, in Clonus. And certainly um, they'll not get it easy. So that'll be an all-wee psychological test for, the, for Jack O'Connor and his boys. There's no doubt that Jack has that cut and thrust and ruthlessness. Um, but, you know, I suppose his team, his stamp, will be tested uh, against Monaghan next weekend. Whereas Donegal, I suppose, uh, Tyrone are going to Bally Buffet and Tyrone again need points. And so do Donegal. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if they're going to be a wee bit more expansive against Tyrone next week. Certainly, Tyrone, I don't see them changing their style of play. They're pretty expansive. Um at the minute, and it's not as labours as it was under Hart. Um, and given the All Ireland win, why would it be? Um, so you know, Donegal have a fair bit of work to do. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, and you know, beating Toronto next weekend with 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 status, Division One status and stuff at stake. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. On Kerry as well. Safe to say, Sean O'Shea ran the show today. Started off, kicks the sideline as uh, straight away. Um, for Kerry, but his running, he was everywhere. Like even his his work off the ball, he just looked like he's really, really hungry this year. Listen, seven points, um, seven points for Sean O'Shea. His all round game, as you said, um, and then you know, Tag Morley and and Donald Donahue, um, and then you've Adrian Spillander. Kerry have a real rich, rich. Uh, Dan O'Donoghue uh, looks a great find for them. He does, he does. And, you know, when you're talking about uh, uh, take tough defenders, um, you know, the likes of him and 
you know, they've also, like said, Tom O'Sullivan, who's been there season after season, very experienced. And the one thing I would say Kerry need to bring this year and something I think needs to be highlighted uh, in their play when you look at Tyrone when they won the, uh, won the All-Ireland last year is that the, the scores... The scoring from the back line needs to be better. When you're looking at Park Hamsey, Ronan McNamee, if you're talking about Dublin's scores over the past, Philly McMahon always got up and kicked a couple of scores. Um, so it's 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 important that Kerry defenders not only are, are doing their job, but there's more to the game now and they need to get up the field, support the, support the play and kick points. Like uh, Mayo's cornerback last night, you know some of the some of the kicking was fantastic, and some of the support play. Oshin Mullen has virtually made a made a made made his name the last couple of seasons on the back of that, and who better than Lee Keegan as well, who's got up and kicked some wonderful scores, goals, and points over the years. So, it defenders much more about now than just that that man to man Morgan. Uh, it's about support play. It's about getting up the field, and it's about contributing on the scoreboard. You know, and like Kerry as well. There's always been these questions, like, do they have the balance right in attack? But even like just in today's game, you obviously can't have your six scoring forwards. You need nearly two, four scoring forwards, and your two working wing forwards. And like Spillane and Moynihan are really doing that role very well. Oh, they are, and. Uh... Listen, you know, I suppose the game hasn't changed that much from 10, 12 years ago when I was when I was playing, where, you know, as a half forward, it's important that you are a scoring threat. That is that has to be a fundamental. And that's something that's lost a wee bit in, in the game where, you know, even like you know, boys when I looked at and and admired and do her Galvin. Then boys kick scores, um, and it's very important that you're putting a, a, a defender on the back foot. So you know, as a as a half as a half forward, it is important that you carry that scoring threat. But you have to tuck in. You have to do the hard yards, the box to box stuff, the stuff that made Roy Keane the brilliant player that he was. Was his box to box lungs, his athleticism, his ability to get up and down the field, tuck in, tackle, do the shit, the shit work. That's <laughs> the shit part. And there's no other, you know, there's no way around it. You just have to get dug into the trenches and do it. And uh, you know, that's the that's the other part of of football that I suppose the question marks have been put to carry. You know, there's no doubt in their ability, there's no doubt in their skill, but it's that pure work rate, that pure uh, ruthlessness and hunger to get into the trenches. And that's that's what win and lose all irons. And um Is that Jerry, where Kelly comes in, do you think? Like can you see I, I, now? Yeah, I would say he's gonna take a wee bit of northern grit, you know, with him and uh, you know, not to say that Kerry or Jack O'Connor's teams haven't had that. But, you know, even when they come up against Northern teams like Tyrone and stuff, Kerry had a tough, they had a really, really tough. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we talk about dark arts and, you know, Ulster football has got a has got a bad name over the years. But, you know, if you can mix both, if you can, if you can go to war with both in your armoury, then you become a very, very dangerous team. And, uh, you know, there is a line. There is a line in football, and it's important that you play on the edge of that line. I would find, and that's why Galvin was such a, a big player for Kerry, um, because he, of course, he, you know, at times went over the line and stuff. But I would say that he was 
he was very, very disciplined for a lot of his career. Um, um, was probably very iconic um, and, and got a player of the year on the back of playing on that age. And when you have players that are willing to play on that age, that does give you that wee bit of an extra age as a, as a, as a player. And uh, certainly Kerry will benefit from the workhorses that are willing to get up and down the field. And you look at even Jack Barry. Like Jack, Jack Barry does what he says on the tin. He's a midfielder. He gets the ball, gives it off. You know, and he's very, very good at what he does. Um and that's important for Kerry. That's really important. And I think that's where you'll see um, uh, that in Kerry this year. And let's not forget that Kerry, Kerry were a point away from an All-Iron final last year, only for David Clifford going off with Crump. You know, that game was there for Kerry. And certainly, um, uh, you know, the ex-manager um, team was... Yeah, um, you know he paid, he paid, he paid daily. Uh, was uh, he paid daily with his job, um, on probably on the back of that because you know there was an expectation there that Dublin were, I suppose, weaker, um, and the carry would would go and would take an All Ireland title. And I think Tyrone proved, you know, of all the teams that were in the semi final, they were the more more outside bat for it, and they proved and how they played the game and how they won the All Ireland last year. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's probably wee bits of uh, brilliance are all well and good, but you know those goals at critical times that wee bit of brilliance is is crucial. And I think I think Kerry will benefit big time from having Tally involved now. Just on you mentioned Dublin, they defeated again last night, two eleven to twelve points by Mayo, zero out of three wins. Would you be worried now? Fair Dublin, like early on this decline, is there too much being made of it? Um, that's a question. That's a good question. I think we're bordering on worried now. If I was a Dublin supporter or Desi Ford, I'd be bordering on being a wee bit worried um, for a couple of reasons. Um, but it is fair. We have to caveat all this by saying it's February. Um, we're not in the March yet. However, you know, when you look at what Dublin have done, um, unfortunately, part of the conversation when we talk about Dublin now is that we think about what they're capable of and what they have done. Um, and you look like players like Nas Scully, Brian Fenton, um, you look at Davy Bourne, uh, and when you consider how they're playing at the minute, they're playing very poorly. Scully kicked the ball, kick, kicking, you know, balls away, kicking wides, Brian Fenton kicking the ball away, not taking shots on that he would normally put over, Davy Bourne giving away possession, misjudging balls behind his man, getting turned. You know, when you look at those things, um, you're thinking to yourself, if I was Desi Farl or a member of his backroom time, you're thinking to yourself, what what's going on here? What what why are we so off? Why is the basics of what made Dublin Dublin. Why why are we not doing better there? And you can't put it all down to, you know, you can't put it all down to players that have left the pound, players that have retired. We're talking about players that are in possession that have multiple All-Stars, multiple All-Iron medals, giving the ball away, um, whether it's unpressured or pressured. You know, they simply didn't do that before, but they're doing it now. And, 
I suppose for me, that's the difference. And don't get me wrong, Dublin for large parts of the, the, the game last night, um, you know, they were still they were still good in parts, but some of the shooting and some of the decision making even hard, Brian Hard was taking on. Like, you know, he just those decisions weren't being made before. And that's the big difference. It's not the lack of ability, it's not the lack of conditioning, you would say. It's the decision making, and the decision making is very, very poor. The only thing is that I would say from a positive from Dublin's perspective is that they can, that can be fixed. Decision making can be fixed. Um, so they have to be willing, the players have to be willing um, to, I suppose, accept that criticism now in the same way that they accepted all the adulation that came with winning and dominating the championship and, and uh, for so long. So they're going to have to show the outside of their character, accept the criticism that they're getting nationally and within Dublin, accept backroom team management criticisms of their performances because they haven't been at the level that they have been and accept that they can improve. And if they do all those three things, I think they will still be there thereabouts uh, when we're having that conversation in June and July. You talked about decision-making there. Last night, just in a game, it's one thing I couldn't wrap my head around. They were driving forward, but they kept kicking the ball. And it's not like they only done it once. They done it two times. They done it three times. But they just kicked it into a male wall. And Dean Rock, like, he's a fantastic player, but he's not the paciest player. They had him one-on-one inside with Lee Keegan. Uh, it's just... And there was no one in there to support Rock when they were playing the ball in either. No, uh, you know, when you look at the players that are missing, uh, James McCarthy, Con O'Callaghan, um, actually, it was last night that I seen when Kane O'Sullivan used to play, and he used to give them a lot of protection, when Kane O'Sullivan either played as a sweeper or centre-half back, he would always drop in, and there always seemed to be an extra man. Dublin always seemed to be able to create an extra man wherever way they were restructured. And I suppose in this last couple of years, since Keno Sullivan has retired, um, since Keno Sullivan w- w- maybe got injured, they haven't been, uh, they haven't been the same at the back. Like I think, as you said, they kept kicking the ball away, and I don't know what they're saying that we, we I suppose, when you play the game is totally different when we watch it and when you see it in the stands and stuff like that, and. Uh, to a player, when you're playing, you see a lot more, obviously, than what we do. But when you're kicking the ball away, the sweepers, um, and it's quite obvious that maybe the ball was not, even if the ball had to reach the destination with Dean Rock, he had to beat Lee Keegan, one of the best mm-hmm. one of the best defenders in the country. I'm not saying Dean Rock couldn't do it. Of course he could. But where was the support, as you said? Where was the support around him? And it's just not there. Um, you know, even Bulger, you know, coming well, though... Ross McGarry, he scored two points from play and they took him off after 40 minutes. It was just another strange decision because I, I thought he was moving well from play. Yeah, he was doing he was doing okay. He was doing okay. Yes, he he kicked a he kicked a couple of scores. Of course he had. Um but again, sometimes sometimes when you watch it on the television, it's totally different to being at it. You know, mm. was he was he making the runs? Uh was he fortuitous in the two shots that he did get? It's it's hard to know what the thinking was or was he hurt. It's you know you 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 just don't know. But certainly 
on the on on the fact that he did score two points from play it was certainly a, a bit of a bizarre decision. Um, I think you know some what summed it up for me in the last couple of weeks is the likes of Davy Burns' uh, um, performances, Rain O'Neill, the misjudging for Rain O'Neill's uh, goal uh, against Armagh the first uh, miss You know this is a ball that's kicked from. From sixty yards away from goal, and, and totally misjudged in the Rain O'Neill's uh, in the Rain O'Neill's arms, who didn't even have to work to get the ball. You know, some of the balls carrying them into tackles against Mayo. You know, a bar here in Kid Kenny, you could you could argue. You know, they were just making so many poor poor decisions, and uh, you know, I think you know it's very very difficult to know. Where Dublin need to start. Dublin, they look tired. They look totally bereft of any confidence. They look anxious on the ball. Um, they look a bit clueless going forward. They don't have that cut and power that 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 they used to have. And you know, you would have to say if Kilkenny wasn't playing, if Kieran Kilkenny wasn't playing, certainly you would have serious serious uh, concerns, even in Leinster. Um, given where Kildare have come, given that Meath probably took them very close last year. But certainly if, if anything were to happen to the likes of Brian Fentner, Kieran Kikenny, you would you would certainly be you'd be a wee bit worried. No, Cooper definitely has to get back in there. You could see Fitzsimons had things organized, but even then you look. They obviously did shore it up a bit, but like the chances Mayo were getting, especially their goal chances. I know Jeremy O'Connor picked it off the ground, but how easy they got in for that. Aidan Orm's goal as well. It's just, it's criminal really for a Division One side. Ah, oh, listen, and, and, and it's not 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 only that, but you know, for for Dublin themselves, some of the one term or one one twos that Mayo were were putting together were were fantastic, you know. But it wasn't anything that. That Dublin haven't come up against before. It wasn't anything that I suppose we haven't expected Mayo to do. Mayo always could give Dublin a game. And, you know, there's one thing that they don't lack is, is that heart to go and attack. Uh, and certainly, you know, you would have felt that they, they could have went. And this word, Aidan O'Shea, who, you know, you would have to say uh, Mayo looked, um, uh, Mayo looked to have played really, really well in Aidan O'Shea's absence. Now, he did come in and he done really well, but possibly, you know, we're looking at changing a guard here with them. And uh, You put him as an impact sub? Possibly, possibly. And, uh, you know, I, I would have been a bit a big, big supporter and advocate of Aidan O'Shea. I think he's a, you know, he's been absolutely brilliant for Mayo for a long time and, He's uh, he's you know at times carried them through big games. At other times, he has suffered from a bit of stage fright where you know this thing's thrown up to him that he's he's never scored in an All Ireland final, and this thing has has followed him around like a noose, you know. And uh, you know he's had to he's had to pull this 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 around with him for so long now, possibly with the the pressure of the captaincy off him. Uh, with the pressures here of, of of having to start every single game, you could possibly see Mayo becoming a better all round team. I mean, you look at was it Maher or played middle of field yesterday? Uh, Ruan and Jordan Flynn. Ruan, Ruan, what 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 a performance he put in. Um, you know, and uh, 
I, I thought I thought he was phenomenal. This obviously Rob Henley was fantastic as well, but uh, Ryan O'Donoghue up front as well, really really good. Kelly O'Connor, fucking super, absolutely super. Uh, the German or Jamer, no, yeah. not sorry, Jamer O'Connor, and you've still Kelly O'Connor come in, but um, uh, Jamer O'Connor really good as well. Trump the field, uh, you know, set up a lot of play. And uh, you, you would have to say that they're running off the ball and Mayo, the ability for Mayo to cut through Dublin just looks so, so easy at times. Um, and, and they could have scored more. Um, so that's that's the big thing. Uh, you know, Dublin ha- aren't as open as they were in the first two games, but they were still beaten um, and deservedly so. And with Mayo as well, we always this, associate this kind of running game, but... They're kicking even Flynn in the middle of the field, but and Jeremy O'Connor as well. But it was something we don't always see um, a kicking game with Mayo, and it was impressive last night. Of course, it was, and you know, wet night, difficult conditions. Um, you know, the ball's getting off the deck, especially in Croke, uh, especially in Croke Park, where it is a very, very hard surface and very slippery. But Mayo certainly. It played really, really good football, and as I said, the the, the couple of points that uh, that Mayo did get from the cornerbacks were absolutely brilliant bit of bit of football, um, brilliant bit of attack and play, and and um, certainly they look they look very good. But we've been here before with Mayo. Um, yeah. National League titles are certainly not, and performances are. And, and beating Dublin now when you look at the fact that Armagh have beaten them when you f- f- factor in that Kerry have beaten them um, so it wasn't a huge surprise that Mayo beat them um, given that Dublin are, are weakened um, so for Mayo it's about the, the championship and it's about getting over another All-Iron final defeat and they've done it year in and year out and always come back but it's at this stage it's about an All-Iron for these boys and uh, until the question is answered and until they do that that's where that's where the bar is for them On the other game uh, Armand Monaghan uh, a lot of drama in this one Armand won 7 Monaghan 10 points I'm sure you've seen the image and the video going around of Reen O'Neill's penalty I looked at it the first sense when it did his crossbar. I was thinking to myself, was that over the line? But I think this video has proved that <laughs> it's well over the line. Uh, well, I think you could you could see it was over the line from space. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was uh, barely believable that neither the referee who was standing on the line, uh, their umpire who was standing behind the goal, and the now umpire who was standing on the line at the other side opposite the referee. Neither three of those individuals could see that it was over the line, um, and I suppose I suppose the bigger the bigger question that I would it would it would ponder in, in games such as that is, you know, do we take in the likes of a goal line technology, or do we take in something that that there is there in in? I was going to say there is. You know, these umpires are always say referees, friends, or people they know from their club. Why aren't we getting in referees, say, as umpires that ref other games but don't get appointed for games that are actually qualified referees, say? Yeah, 
well, I can, I can under, I can under, I can understand that argument, and I've seen that equation posed. Why is the referee taking it, taking his mates along with him, and 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 they're acting as officials? Whether it was another referee, and in a lot of cases, actually, the referees that are um, doing these intercounty games, a lot of their officials and their friends are actually within the officiating capacity within their own counties. So those two umpires could have been officials or referees in their own right within mm. within the county. So I will go back to, I suppose, the question that needs to be posed. And when you, when you go to Cook Park and you have the, uh, you know, the eye in the sky, um, and it's signaled that way, when you see how many cameras are at every single inter-county game now, why can't it go upstairs to a fourth official? Um, yes, it takes away. Uh, it takes away maybe from the from the the the, the time and, and and celebrations or whatever else. But let's put in. Do do you want to go out of a championship game, for example, down the Farma were playing Clare in Clare? Do you want to go out of a championship game on the back of a of a goal that was clearly over the line? And and my answer would you know despite the protestants of of guys that want to celebrate in real time celebrate surely but you know before a kick out goes before a kick out gets gets taken surely two minutes to see if a ball is over the line or not is, is suffice i'm not talking about tackling i'm just talking about goal line stuff you know it Even wouldn't be a big deal though because they're not letting away most refs don't let away short kickouts fastly like you could see last night oh. Of course, it's not a it's not a massive deal, and I think a fourth official reviewing footage. Well, you know, if it's just goal line, if it's just goal line or over the post stuff, um, I, I I think it's a it's a question and it's a it's something that needs to be asked. You know, when the technology surely has to be there, which it is in Coke Park. Of course, it is it's there in Coke Park, but for that goal line stuff, who says that it can't happen? It happened in twenty. 10 for God's sake in the Meave Louth Leinster yeah, final you know and the goal that Rob Louth of, 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 of a Leinster title surely the debate should be that you know we could go to a fourth official in the sky just for the goal line stuff yeah no it's like you do have Hawkeye and Crow but the majority of championship games don't have Hawkeye so they don't have Hawkeye but we, we have access to television at every game we have access to more than enough media uh, outlets there that with a fourth official watching it via TV up in a uh, or even in a, a cabin out the back it doesn't really matter where it is or what the thing is it's, it's about getting it right it's about Given the players and the managers and the fans, giving them fairness, and I think fairness, uh, if we can use technology to do that for goal line stuff, why not? On Monaghan in that game, the press they put on blatant users' kickouts was was really immense in that first half, and like. We've talked about mine being warriors, but there was no better warrior on that pitch last night than Darren Hughes. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I played with Darren uh, in the Railway Cup, and he's a man that will just go and go and go. And you know, he's in his thirties now, Darren, and what a servant he's been. And uh, you know, you have to give it—you have to give it to Bonte as well. Bonte has taken all them older guys 
Um, and there was question marks, you know, was this an aging squad? Um, have they relied on, on, are they still relying on the older boys and older, you know, McManus guys like this? And, and you would have to say that the spirit man and have uh, the tenacity, the, the warrior, uh, the warriors that they put onto the field, you would have to say that they're they're certainly a, they're a testament to what Monaghan uh, have been about this last number of years and, and what they are about, you know. And if you could bottle what they have and give them out uh, to our teams, God, it would be like gold dust. It really would. And uh, it's unfortunate that Monaghan haven't reached that All-Iron final and had, had their day um, to really showcase, you know, that, that spirit, that, skill as well let's not take away from any of the skill that they, they have but it's uh, that's not saying that they can't do it obviously they've run through to draws and stuff like that they've obviously run Armagh very close on and are far away um, and the fact that we don't talk about them enough um, is probably is probably a wee bit disrespectful at times you know and I do find myself saying um, that that Mullen certainly don't get the credit uh, they're due Um and uh, you would you would have to give it to them. They they, they were phenomenal against Armagh again, and you know they go to Kerry next week, and uh, or Kerry come to them. Sorry, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit in the slightest if 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 Mullen tore around and won that game. The big one there though is Conor McManus won't be available. Straight red card last night. Yeah, it's not something we usually see him do, and it's. It didn't look like, I suppose, Aidan Forker was just like any back who's going to be in the forward phase and like he can have no arguments, really. And it's probably frustration. And Aidan Forker is a really brilliant man, Marker. Yeah. For a guy that started out as a, as a, I suppose, as a quarterback type role, setting up play, he's just turned himself into a phenomenal man, Marker. And uh, listen, I've been on the receiving end of, of a wee bit of... Um, uh, personal personal abuse and, and not personal abuse as in verbal but you know guys that are out to really get stuck in and can you really can you really blame them for doing that you you want your your own defenders doing that and I suppose McManus he's pro, he, he's around long enough now to have got all that uh, thrown up to him before and uh, no I suppose he can't probably have you know he'll be disappointed himself uh, for that Probably for that thirty seconds, I think right deserved that. But you know, at the end of the day, he look back and he'll 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 be kicking himself. You know, they were eight four ahead at half time, but I think that was a huge kind of result for a man not to lose that game because there would have been questions there. They're starting to believe their own hype after two big performances against Tyrone and Dublin, and it's not something we always see where. Um, are able to stay in a game when it's tight. Yeah, and I suppose for Arma, for we've been talking about them now for a wee while. Um, they obviously have got off to a really, really good start. Um, we're three games in now, and you know they're sitting on five points. They're still unbeaten, which is huge. It's huge at this time of year that you remain unbeaten. Um, and the fact is. That this was always going to be a derby. There's not a lot of love there between both counties, either on or off the field. There's a huge rivalry there, um, 
and it was about getting a result, Arma avoiding defeat and continuing to show some of the some of the good football that they're capable of playing. Of course, is there stuff to work on? Yes, there is. Um, they're coming down from a bit of a height with Dublin and Tyrone, and certainly there's no bad time to take them down from that height only Monaghan. So, listen, I think Geezer will be happy the fact that they got a result and they kept battling and battling and battling, but obviously he would have, he would have, you know, he would have wanted um, Armagh to sneak that one-point win because, again, that shows another wee bit of character, ticks another box for them for further down the line. So um, he'll not be hugely disappointed, but he'll understand that sometimes uh, teams like Armagh, uh, they're on a bit of a trajectory. They'll, they'll need to get just taken down to earth a wee bit. And uh, certainly there's a lot to work on there too. Uh, they're by no means a finished article, but I think they'll be quietly happy that another point or two points a survival box is ticked and then it's on to the finals. Is there finals this year? Finals, yeah. Do you think they'll be looking at one? I think they will. I think, you know, they'll look at that as an additional bonus. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they would take a game. Um, I think Kerry are going to be there, obviously. So I think Armagh would love a, a, a rattle to see where they are. And listen, if it... If it's between a National League final like that and, and a challenge game or an in-house game, you'd be taking a National League final in Croke Park and getting used to getting out there and big games. That further down the line, it'll, it'll stand you in good stead. Monaghan were down to 13 men at one stage in that game. McManus getting sent off. Desi Ward gets the black for the penalty. They hung in there. Jack McCarron then uh, hits an equaliser, 1-7 to 10. They had an opportunity with the ball in hands on Armagh's half-back line. They were really working it. They held the ball for four minutes. Do you think they should have went for an opportunity there? Because you're looking now, um, lost to Mayo, a point against Tyrone, a point against Armagh, which still only puts them on two points after three games. Yeah, they, they obviously they need to be picking up they, they need to be picking up uh, at least another two wins uh, with four games remaining. Um, so you, listen, I I don't think I don't think they'll be that disappointed with the fact that Kerry are coming next. Um, I think a couple of years ago, Kerry salvaged did the salvage a draw up there. Um, with Big Donaghy kicked it in and Clifford got a goal. Oh it? yes, in the Super Eight, yeah. Super 8's game that the, the, the carry just about got hung on and got a draw on that game that, that Monaghan should never have lost. So Monaghan won't have any great level of fear with, with Kerry coming. And Kerry are, I suppose, top on the table, um, you know, again, playing well, eking out the results. Um, so I, I think I think Monaghan will embrace the challenges there. And Monaghan are fighting for their life. And dangerous, very, very dangerous team when they're fighting for their life. But as you said, McManus is a big blow to them. But again, you know, they have players there that have come on this last couple of years, Conor McCarthy, boys like that, that they, they are better players than they were two seasons ago, three seasons ago. So, you know, I, I think that the sum of all parts from Monaghan could certainly spring a surprise. I wouldn't be surprised um, by that at all. Just on Division 2 then, uh 
Galway Offaly was postponed yeah. uh, due to the storm. You mentioned your own county down there, two six apiece with Mead. Draw game. I think they hit uh, the crossbar towards the end of that game. But still, you have to think um, it is a positive result. Certainly, yeah. And it's a game that I suppose at times down moves, I suppose, three points clear at half time. And you would have thought that we could have probably kicked on, possibly. A um, few chances were missed. Um, but, you know, the fact that the, the they got picked up a point, um, it was... It was a must-win, really, for either team if they wanted to make sure that they stay out of the second competition, the Taljian Cup. Um, I suppose on a positive from the own club, Patty Evans stuck 1-3, um, while there's another, actually, uh, Andrew Gilmore, who's, I suppose, a debutant in, the, in his first year. He, he got 1-2. Um, but, again, most of the scores come in the first half, which... Would be a wee bit concerning. Um, they we're not the highest scoring team. Um, I think over the first two games we only got I think fifteen points over two games, which is very very low. Um, and it was a really really bad. Like I don't know if you've seen some of the cover coverage on the yeah, that sideline at the end by oh, the player. Ah, <laughs> uh, listen, it, it certainly levels things. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's a bit of a leveler. Um, and uh, you would you would think that probably both teams maybe at the end, given how close it was, that they're happy with their point. But Meath, Meath, I suppose, have been haven't been good, haven't started well this year, um, and again, down haven't either. Um, so it was it was important for both teams that they, they got something out of it. Um, who's going to go down? I suppose. It's it's really difficult to, to say now. Both teams could go down. Um, that's probably where they're at. But again, you would think that Offaly's going to be in the mix there as well. Uh, Cork certainly could be in the mix. Yeah, after today, um, beaten by nine against Derry. Yeah, and you would think that Cork... Cork actually looked really, really poor. Um, so I think there's a lot of teams there that are sitting... Probably sitting on, the, again, the nervous side of that line where... You know, one more defeat and it looks a bit inevitable, you know. Um, four games left. If I think if Down and Meath were to get two two wins, um, uh, particularly against the likes of Offaly and Cork, they could they could may well survive, you know. And I think those are gonna be the two gig two gig game big games, you know. And um uh, I don't think Meath have played either Cork or Offaly yet, so um um, so it's going to be important. Those those two fixtures um, amongst them four teams are going to be massive. You know, um, I think it's I think that's the way it is for Derry. I think Derry would go up. I think Derry would be promoted. Um, but as uh, you know, I'm not too disappointed as a down man because I know where we are. But I've resigned myself to the fact that you know down could well could well be sitting in the Talcian Cup. Um, and is there any sign of any kill coup players coming in yet? Or? Um, it's very difficult to say. I think you know. I think the the week there, obviously, after celebrating a win, um, it was a big week for them, obviously, and uh, you know, uh, they were, 
what a what a game, what a way to win a game. Um, so Kilku will be uh, it'll be interesting. I suppose I'm in, I'm um it's hard to it's hard to know what what they're going to do. You know, Kilku, I suppose they they really focus on the club. They're they're. One love and only love is really Kilku. Um, there might be a couple of players, uh, Ryan McAvoy, really good fullback, come into the team. Young Caelan Doherty might come in. I'm not too sure if if the Johnson brothers. You could you could argue that the three of them, um, probably will will be asked. Um, but certainly Ryan and, and Jerome will be. Um, but it's it's hard to know. I don't think any of the Brannigans will. Because they, they they just have too much on. There's there's other commitments there. Um, so you know when you look at <laughs> five of the six defenders make up our Brannigans in the defence. You know, <laughs> um, Rooney, Rooney might well come in. Um, Miel Rooney who 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 played last year. Um, and certainly those guys will be a big addition to the wider squad. There's no doubt about that. But uh, it's it, don't know how he stepped away as well. Don't don't know her is injured at the moment. Yeah. Don't know her injured at the moment. He's a he's a knee issue. Um, he's waiting on surgery. But again, he, he's a man that can come in and do a job until the surgery is there. But you know, I think it really comes down to um to managing Don managing his knee. Managing he had a back issue a couple of years ago, so he's carrying them bit of knocks. Um. And you would have to make the argument that Don, I suppose, is, is 30, early 30s. You know, do you start now trying to get these other younger lads in, giving them the intercounty experience and just taking what we have to go through on the chin? Look at what Derry have had to do. Derry have really taken the hurt. They had to go to Division 4 before they could get better. And, uh, you know, no, you would never want to go there. You'd never want to drop down the division. But... I'm realistic about what what we have and what we can do. Um, and uh, listen, if we can get the Kilku boys on board, brilliant. But if they don't commit, well, you know, the boys that are there, you have to you have to persevere with them and give them that experience. They have to start somewhere. And listen, today was a starting point. It really was a starting point. Yeah, you mentioned their disappointing result for Cork, but Claire being the story of the league. Uh, Drew Ross Common today, nine points piece. David Tuberty leveled in that game late on. Like, that's huge for Clare, obviously. Galway and Derry to come, but puts them four points from three games. They were close last year to promotion, and I know everyone would say from the outside, if Clare were to go up, they'd struggle. But they're definitely thinking now that there's a huge chance like going and Derry are good teams but I'm sure they fancy themselves after drawing Ross Common today especially you see Claire I have to you have to take your hat off um, to what Claire have achieved um, and while championship progression has eluded them to a certain degree um, this last few years and it's, it's hard to break that that Mayo Galway stranglehold um, but certainly, you know, when you look at it, when you look at the National League, when you look at the results in the National League this last few seasons, you know, clear or much for anybody. Um, and certainly, you know, when you look at uh, a draw with Roscommon today, um, you know, you would have to say that the way the the way the the, the way they got the result today, 
um, you know, I suppose with five, five minutes remaining or six minutes remaining, Roscommon and were three up and, and Clare come back to draw the game. So against the breeze as well, I think. Against the breeze. So there's there's no there's no lacking uh, uh, motivation, dedication, or uh, application with Clare. They really are. Um, they are a testament to probably um, to to what's going on there. And you know, they also have the hurling there to to consider. Yeah. Um, and I, I really do admire what they're doing. Um, but again, Clare, they've maintained their status probably with what they've done thus far. I would think. Um, so it's about getting re- real progression in the championship now and getting again a draw with a team such as Rickman who've been who've been yo-yoing up and down between the first and second divisions. I think that's a, a again a testament to to how far Clare's progressed and what they've done there. Um, so it, they'll take a wee bit of they'll take a wee bit of confidence from that. They'll take a wee bit of confidence if you come back and get a result like that and a draw like that again, as you said against the wind. You know that that builds character psychologically, and uh, I suppose they're going to need it if they're going to break that stranglehold in uh, in Connacht. They're going to need that. In Munster, of course. Or, sorry. Yeah. Munster, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just in Division yeah. Three, uh, Antrim uh, six point winners over Wicklow. Permanent Leash postponed. Westmead Longfers postponed. Um, then. Uh, Loud with a two-point uh, win over Limerick, but on Division Four, story of the league so far: London two five, Leitrim nine points, three out of three, six points for London in Division Four, and like it's just insane when you think about it because they've been two years away without playing in the league, and now they've got three wins on the bounce. And like I was speaking to Michael Mayer before, and he didn't think that they could be looking at promotion, but they nearly have to be now six points. Well, if we're talking about Armagh being the story of Division One, um, I suppose the second big story of the year as far as London. Um, and obviously, you know, we have a bit of vested interest uh, up the road here. Benny Coulter's brother Joe is is involved with London. He's involved in the training capacity with them and stuff. And you know, it's three out of three for them. And you know, deservedly, you know, I suppose, I think going into the last 20 minutes, it was all London and they fully deserved the win. And when you look at what Leitham, you know, Leitham of Samuels, obviously Andy Mourner as, uh, as head coach, uh, manager, um, you know, conditions didn't play a, a, any part today, really, uh, being in the uh, indoor centre. Um, no, it was... It was there, but it wasn't. It couldn't be in the dome because there was a coaching conference on there yesterday. Oh, right, right. I, yeah. I sorry, sorry. Yeah. I thought in the dome. So obviously, yeah, I got that out. But uh, you know, to I suppose it goes back to the old adage: goals win games, and and to get to get the um to get the two goals there to win the game. The fact that they have to travel. Um, that obviously disrupted their um. Preparations because it was fixed for Carrigan Shannon and then it got moved to Beacon, which is beside Bally Harness in Mayo, right. and it's basically in the middle of nowhere in a countryside. Like, so it's a lot. But you know, when you look at all those things, and those things do upset and uh, any game for, uh, participation, but especially at inter county level, you know, when you have boys traveling. And let me tell you, I had a brother that played for London. 
um, and he had to travel significant distances to train with the team. What they do over there is unbelievable. But the preparation that goes into it, the dedication, the motivation for lads to get around London, London's so, so big. Um, it's such a, uh, it's a, it's a logistical nightmare to get the training and get home. And they, the, I suppose the dedication to keep things going there and to now get the results that they're getting is truly uh, phenomenal. And, uh, you know, you have to take off the hats off to these guys. And it would be brilliant to see them being promoted. It would be absolutely brilliant to see them. And I, and I truly, truly hope that they do. Yeah, and they train in a rugby club. They actually can't train in Royce Club. It's just remarkable uh, what they're doing uh, over there. Then, Danny, just on the fantasy Gaelic League, you're above relegation again. Oh, God. Again, I thought I picked a pretty strong squad. It's got, as, like Clifford, I put Clifford in there. He's, he's, is he not doing the business for him? Where am I losing points? Where am I not getting points? <laughs> Well, he's, he's only a sub today. Uh, there's 26 in the league, and you're 25th at the moment. Honestly, <laughs> I tell you, I, 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 uh, during lockdown, I tried to uh, teach myself how you do a bit of day trading, you know, insurance. Uh, and it was only small money, like it was only like 250 quid or something. And uh, as soon as I bought the shares, they halved in value. So if anybody does listen to your podcast that has any any idea how to trade in day shares, uh, let me know. So I'll, I've had no choice but to listen or to stick with the shares that I bought originally. Um, but honestly, uh, only for for no, only only for bad luck out of no luck at all, you know. And uh, I suppose at least Liverpool are back in the league for you. Listen, that's the that's the big result over the weekend. Actually, the big result over the weekend was Spurs and Man City. Uh, were a remarkable result where Harry Kane played probably the best game he's played in three years. It'll keep the English press happy and you know uh, keep him keep him talked up there for an hour while. But the fact that Spurs beat City was absolutely brilliant yesterday and opened up the title race because Paul, I'm telling you, it's it's football's. It's gonna the new centre uh, uh, of the world is going to be Liverpool from here on. So the Manchester United supporters, the big actually the big bigger United in the league is Newcastle United rather than Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> I probably have to disagree with you for that. <laughs> but uh, great stuff as always, uh, Danny. Thanks for your time, and we'll be back later in the week for the preview show. Thanks.